The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Middle call! Baby, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is Thursday afternoon, evening, depending on where you are. It's night in uh, some parts of the world. Jamaica, it's night. Singapore. Singapore. Thailand. It's, It's summer. Oh, yeah. Where is where, what time is it? Where Cliff Kingsbury is? At? I mean, he's just him and his insta thought, just naked, laying there doing who knows what. Guy, those two are just. Where are they? Bangkok. Yeah, probably on like an elephant. You know, just you know how they do the elephant rides, where you just get on top of an elephant like a saddle, like they have on horses, and they just yeah. take you around. Quick run of the market, elephant. Yeah, until hey, pull, you, pull you pull cross a tiger around. and it leaps up. We up high. Yeah, they can leap. Friday morning in Japan. Thank you. All right, everybody. It's great to see you. If you are uh, watching this on YouTube, awesome. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Help it grow. Help it grow. Help it grow. We're nearing 20,000 subs on on the tube, uh, which we'll get there. Uh, but uh, the faster, the better. And uh, we appreciate you. If you are watching our podcast, we got a podcast. This is a podcast. You can just take this as you go. Listen to it uh, wherever you want. Although somebody did send me a DM on Twitter today, show me the workaround for how to listen, how to close out the YouTube app and still just listen to the audio while you do other stuff. I guess there's a there's a way to do that if you wanted to outside of just paying for the premium. Uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, if you if you are listening to the podcast, this is also uh, a video, uh, the video version of this. You can click on the YouTube link in the podcast description and that takes you to the Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube channel. And um, however you consume, we thank you. Share it with your friends. Live on Haberman's TikTok. You still TikTok active? No, I'm. I'm actually not TikTok active. Are you? T- have you been TikToking? Deleted it from my phone a long time ago. After you know some of the rumblings that they're just falling by everywhere. About made me nervous. Same. I did the same thing. Even though Tim Cook's like middle cop, I know everything you've done for seven years. Yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> Well, the guy, you see the guy, the story, I don't know if the story's still going, but uh, maybe like a week and a half ago, somewhere in the Northeast, you know, they suspect he killed his wife based on all his searches on his kid's iPad late at night. It was like, you know, how to dispose of a body. Can you wash blood out of clothes? Did you, have you seen that story at all? Like last, probably last week, early last week? Is this like the New York Scott Peterson? Kind of. Yeah, I I think I've seen Maybe. headlines. It feels like we've had several parents killing kids and family members. A lot going on right now in society. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But but this one was just the part of the story was his YouTube searches, uh, not his YouTube searches, his 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 internet searches from his kid's iPad, which is it was like a list of like just all the things somebody who killed somebody would search if they had no idea what to do at that point. You know, his wife's missing wife missing i don't think there's a body and again i'm not lester holt here but uh 
one of the things was they also, because he had a cell phone on him, it's like they've got him between cell phone and and security footage. Like they've got him just like popping over to dumpsters over the next like over the course of like three days. They know where he was, what he was doing because they just, you know, he's got a cell phone on him. And so it's very easy to kind of track his movements uh, post alleged uh, post disappearance. Well, have you been following the uh, the murders in Moscow, Idaho? The four kids, the college kids. Yeah, you What's do the any... there. Well, sixty minutes. Well, this guy's. I mean, he's done. But uh, when they were breaking it down, right before a bunch of new information came out, information they had his cell phone the night of the murders. He turned his cell phone off because you know this guy's a uh, criminal justice major, or he was getting a master's or whatever at Washington State. New, but then it comes back on when he's crossing the border like 30 minutes later. So this guy understood. I, I bet it might be the last thing you're thinking of is they can track your every movement. He turned his phone off for a period of time. So gotcha. I couldn't totally track it. Yeah. And, and he is who do we know? Who's this guy? Uh, Brian Koppelganger or something. I think his name is. And uh, the guy who wrote billions. No, similar, similar name. I, I think I'm screwing up the pronunciation here, but uh, he, he had like seven degrees, was a Washington State criminal justice major. Still a lot to be uh, uh, undiscovered. I mean, the cops know, us, the public do not, of his relationship with either one or two of the girls. Killed three girls and, and a boyfriend. Wow. Uh, yeah. Mm. Just just rattled Moscow, Idaho. God. Did you see that even the beginning of the, the four kids killed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm was... familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. The general story, but um, wow, guys, just Koberger, and then he was, and that you, well, Washington State campus police, they put out like an APB, but only police knew they were looking for like a specific like Honda Prius, the mm-hmm. color, the make, spotted it, let the police know. They didn't tell anybody. Then he was driving back to PA with his dad, flew out driving across country. They were. They were keeping tabs on him, but they yeah. didn't, they did, it didn't make it public. They pulled him over like three separate times throughout the oh. uh, throughout the you know travel home for bullshit things, and they would like ask him questions, and he would look terrified, thinking like he's getting caught. I mean, it's yeah, just, yeah, just wild times, you know. Uh, book recommendation for you. I don't know if you've seen the Apple Plus commercial with Timothy Chalamet. Have you happened to catch that commercial yet? No, um, I don't think I have. You've seen it. And you don't know you've seen it. But he's like on the phone. He, he just can't understand. He's a famous actor why he doesn't have an Apple TV show. And in it, one of the things they show is this movie that's coming out, this this new Scorsese movie that's coming out called Killers of the Flower Moon. Of course, it's Scorsese, so DiCaprio's in it. Anyway, it's not out yet. <clears throat> book recommendation. I'm, I'm in the middle of this book. Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, on the show, we like to recommend books. Learned, Big readers. Le- learned readers that we are. Very good book. Very good book. It's you about, reading or listening? Listening. I'm listening. It's about... That's the millennial way of reading. Or, I'll give you the quick yeah, quick synopsis. Early 1900s, uh, the Osage Indians, this Indian tribe gets all this land that turns out to be incredibly oil rich. And they make a lot of money. And suddenly, in like 1921, they start getting murdered. Like 21 of them get murdered. Very famous. Becomes a big story. J. Edgar Hoover just takes over the FBI. It's partly it's it's like big murders, mystery, money, oil, and the formation of the FBI. It's true, all true. Very good book, and uh, the movie is coming out. It's a Scorsese movie. You think Leo's playing Hoover? 
I don't know who Leo's playing. Cause I don't know because you know the book and the movie can be so different. So my guess is no, he's not. I don't know who he's playing. And if I started naming people, nobody here would know who I'm talking about. But my guess is no, that he's not playing. My guess is he's playing the lead investigator. That'd be my guess. J. Edgar did a lot of stuff from The Office, you know. What did I just see a movie coming out that Damon and Affleck supposed to be pretty good? Oh, Phil Knight. Yeah, Phil Knight. Shoe Dog. (laughs) Shoe Dog. Yeah. And... Affleck is playing Phil Knight and Damon is playing Sonny Vaccaro. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Damon put on some LBs. Looks kind of the thicker, you know. There was a, I read an article today, USA Today, about how Dion, like what's going to happen because Coach Prime hates Nike, but he coaches at a Nike school guy. He's a sworn Under Armour guy. I guess it goes back to his shoes in the early 90s. He says that he helped he helped the Nike designer design them but he doesn't get any money for the shoes. And so he's sworn off Nike, but now he's at a Nike school. Most of his appearances he does, if he wears a Colorado gear, it's non-Nike. But he has worn Nike Colorado gear. So there's, you know, what's, what's going to happen? I don't know, but it was, can they break the contract and get with uh, Under Armour? Under Armour. I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, if you're Nike, you just probably still want to have the Colorado deal. Even if prime doesn't wear your gear, because you're just, your gear is going to sell, right? Hell yeah. And most people aren't going to notice that Prime is like not wearing the Nike gear. I have not noticed that. So, but it does make sense. He he does wear some generic Colorado stuff. Wear some like when he went on the Manning cast, he was wearing a Colorado hat, but it had like a different it was like, you know, like everything. You can buy other brands, whatever, name a brand. Yeah. Um that sells like college gear. You go to Fanatics, it's not all Nike, but it is licensed. So, we, on the other hand, are brought to you by Tito's. Tito's Handmade Vodka. Numero uno. It is a big football weekend uh, coming up. Here's the, here's the other thing that's coming up, and this is the beauty. There is no offseason for Friday nights. Friday nights, every week there's one of them. And every week there's a Saturday, and every week there's a little Friday. Friday, Junior, it's a Thursday. That's what today is. There's always days. There's always times for Tito's Handmade Vodka. Great for any situation. I made a mistake the other night. Actually, it was last night. We had uh, spaghetti, meatballs, uh, garlic bread, huge feast. And sometimes wine's involved, and and one glass of wine led to a couple bottles. And you just don't feel right in the morning. And I never, when I'm drinking Tito's and sodas. Wine, wine, I I feel bad in 20 minutes with wine. The wine, the after feel in the morning is just... It's just not what you get with Tito's. So when you go out this weekend with Tito's, just when you wake up and go for a jog, wake up, go for a hike, wake up, just go for a walk. You can't do that off wine. So uh, yeah, should have had a Tito's soda with my uh, with my spaghetti. You should have, or just maybe mixed up something else. I bet you go to Tito'sVodka.com. You you poke around a little bit. You're going to find a drink that's going to work. Totally Google agree. like what vodka drinks go with Italian food, and the next thing you know, you find. Uh, I don't know. Next great. Uh, I'm sure you can Some, make it. Something good. Yeah. Make a Negroni with vodka. Can that be done? Uh, this is this is where it's at. Look, we've been telling you about Tito. Tito's, which it, we're wrapping up the second football season that Tito's has been a sponsor of the show. And as we always tell you, it's great for watching games. It's great for hanging out. You go to somebody's house, bring a bottle of Tito's, slap a little bow on it if you want. Always have it in the home. 
I, you know, like you, you and I, we keep uh, about 12 bottles on hand. I just give them to people. Hey, man. Oh, you like five? Oh, take a bottle with you. We got so much because our guy, Devin at Tito's, uh, once upon a time, just dropped off. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It came, it came freight shipment. Yeah. It wasn't even one of the normal delivery people. It was a freight shipment. They just dumped that sucker on the driveway. So uh, we love it. Tito's handmade vodka, numero uno, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Yeah, just a little ginger beer, a little mint. It's all there. Also brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you bet just five bucks on either NFL playoff game, and you instantly get 200 bucks in bonus bets deposited into your account when you sign up with the code HAM. Very easy, guy. Just go to your app store right now, your applications. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook. If you are in one of the states where it's legal, fire away. Type in the promo code HAM when you sign up. Just make one $5 bet this weekend, the Final Four, and instantly get a $200 bonus. Can't can't beat that. Bet on whatever you want. NBA, NFL, NHL, college basketball. College basketball's heating up. You know, got a lot going on. Rodney Terry, former Fresno State guy, in charge of Texas uh, now. USC-UCLA Thursday night, if you're catching this live. It's a good game. So, and if mobile's not available, there's always uh, uh, DraftKings Daily Fantasy, a little DFS, as the yeah. kids call it. People have been asking us about that. Like, hey, when are you guys going to fire up some golf games again? We had a big – our DFS, uh, DraftKings, our ham – we got a little pod. Not, I mean, this is a pod. I mean, like, we've got a group on the, the DFS that's pretty big. We once did a Masters. I remember it was like 200 people, $20 entries. Pot was pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've done some big ones. So we could fire that back up post-football, I think. Uh, but it's all there for you. So download now. Code HAM. 200 bucks in bonus bets instantly. When you bet $5 on any NFL playoff game, that's promo code HAM, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm not going to lie, says Michael. I'm tempted to get a Tito's. Thanks to you fellas and make a 007. That's Tito's, Sprite, and a splash of OJ. Remember when Sprite, uh, their their lead uh, promotional head was Grant Hill? You know, hard not to drink Sprite back in the day. I do remember that. Grant Hill was, you know, that dude was ahead of his time as an influencer. I remember my neighbor got a pair of Fila's, like the white shoes that had the blue kind of patent that went the outside of the shoe all the way around. It was a uh, cool shoe. Yeah, it was. Couldn't pay. You know, I don't know if you maybe you could pay to put me in a Yeah, some of the that. shoes like late 90s, you know, AIs, the, the pennies, the that. It probably felt and looked a little cooler back then than when you really look at them like, hey, I don't, couldn't pull this off. I well, couldn't, you, never if could. If you ever tried to wear basketball shoes in the late 90s, they were so big and bulky and thick. You it's know. like a ski boot. Yeah, it's like everyone's a post player. It was just like, yeah. Which the Jordans still are, but everything else is kind of slimmed up. True. The Curry hard way. Yeah, the Curry, the Kobe's all slimmed up. The Kyrie is a Kyrie's, slim shoe. Yeah. The Durants are slim shoes. Have we talked about this? I feel like I'm having to, like, mm. I met a Nike designer on a plane a few, like, several months ago. And he started breaking it down for me. Like, yeah, the Jordans really are still the ones that are the big boxy ones, but everything else is kind of slimmed up. He'd been a part of it for a while, shoe dog, or he's new to the. Yeah, he was part of the. He's been on a few design teams. It was pretty cool. You he's been, he's Tiger, been in the room Tiger with Michael? Mike. Times. Been in the room with Mike. He didn't say Tiger, but been in the room with Mike. 
Uh, Greg cool. on the stream says, I've never tried Tito's, but what's the best drink to try it with? What would you say? I'd say the easiest is some flavored soda water. And, I, you know, LaCroix are in vogue. Just pick a look, flavored LaCroix, pour, you know, a couple shots of Tito's, pour some LaCroix. You'll be like, damn, this is a pretty tasty, yeah. easy drink. Somebody said add some tor- Torani syrup to it. I've not it's had It's getting that. a little sugary. Yeah, if you, yeah I mean, I, you can always add stuff like that. If you want a, a little splash of cran, if you just go vodka, soda, splash of cran, I'd say that's a... That's a good one. Favorite in America. It's been going strong for a while. <laughs> I, I like, a, you know, I like a little ginger beer, but l- lemonade and iced tea. That one also works. A little sweet. You know, you could just grab an Arizona iced tea. That's good. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We got stuff to dive into. Uh, as you can tell from uh, you probably couldn't tell if you listened to the first 16 minutes of this podcast, but we got huge football games this weekend. Huge. Uh, coming up on Sunday noon. Ooh, noon. On Fox, Niners, Eagles, and then 3.30 on CBS is uh, Bengals, Mahomes. You know, the line on that game is all right. It's been all over the place. Mahomes was hurt. Then everyone saw Mahomes take seven steps off a podium. And a, and then somebody said, well, I, straight line is not where I saw Crocky tweeted this. He's like, straight line is not where it gets you. It's side to side. There's no evidence that he's moving better. But um, so that line's been all over the place. Niners are uh, underdogs right now, two and a half, two. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and, two and a half. half yeah. One hundred So we can get to the betting line, but would they be better off going Saturday, Sunday night for these two games? Because you get two weeks, so it's not like any team would have an advantage. I. It's a good question. Uh, I think I, in some ways, would enjoy that more. Um, give each game its own day, but my guess is no. My guess is the ratings are bigger this way than if they went Saturday, Sunday night. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly Sunday night is a or Sunday is a bigger day than Saturday night. Sunday afternoon. I mean, yeah. they just the Niners and Cowboys just played on Sunday afternoon. And last time I checked, it was the second biggest divisional game in the history of the league. 45, so, uh, <laughs> 45 point. What was it? 45, 47. I, I would expect the Monday night sim- game. The Monday night game was 30 million. So the Niners Cowboys divisional game did what? Almost 50%. Actually did 50% more right than the Monday night game did. Would you expect? I mean, would the NFL sign up right now for the same number? 45. Yeah, I think they think they can go higher. Well, I know, but forty-five in general is a very, very good number for these conferences. I think I think they'd say no. Like, let's see if we can get fifty-two. Yeah, it's going to be big. It's It's going to be big. big. It is big. It's it's you know it's easy. I think you probably if we went into conference weekend, if we went back and put ourselves on the Thursday or Friday before every conference weekend, you go back and look at some of the matchups that we've had. There have been some great matchups, and and um. You know, I think you would say to yourself, like, oh, every year I think you could convince yourself, oh, this one's big, this one's big, this one's big. So I don't, my, I say that because I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment here, but I really do think, if even in the context of how big like NFC championship games are, and you get some big ones, this one feels like it's on the bigger end of the spectrum. This is the one seed and the two seed. This is, uh, you know, the number one defense and the number three offense. It is a Philadelphia franchise that has a massive following. It's an Eagle, a 49ers franchise that has a massive following. It's in Philly. These teams have not played in the postseason in you know over 20 and 25 years. They've only played once. They don't even play that much in be, to begin with. They I really suppose. don't. They're two humongous storyline teams. Like they've just the Eagles have been a huge story all year. The Niners have been a huge story for several years now. They're just massive. It 
I do think this feels extra big. This matchup, the Eagles feel like a juggernaut. The Niners have been in these games so many times under Kyle Shanahan that this game just feels humongous. In a weird way, and I'm not trying to like be prisoner of the moment, it feels going into the game the biggest game of Kyle Shanahan's his era. <clears throat> you know what do you mean by that? Non Super Bowl. You're gonna have to convince me on that. I feel that first year when they had a ton of success, they were the one seed. It's just like everything's so new. You're playing the Packers who weren't that good. I'm not saying there wasn't a lot of buzz and excitement, and that year was awesome. But I think most people view that Packer team as kind of frauds. The Vikings were, team. The Niners were huge favorites in both those two games. Yeah. Last year, it was the complete opposite. They were just underdogs. It was just people were just praying for a victory, right? No one, the overwhelming majority of 49er fans did not think they were going to beat Green Bay. So going into the game, it's fun because it's a huge playoff game. You weren't viewing it like, where's the huge underdog? We're not... These are like equal teams with elite players everywhere. I honestly think this has a feel of like some of the Harbaugh. To me, the championship yeah. game where he beats Atlanta did not have the same vibe as the Giants one and as Seattle one. Those felt like, holy fuck, especially the Seattle one. I would say this is the biggest. If I had to rank them going into the game, that Seattle one and this Eagle one are just like people can't wait. Because you don't know what you're going to see. You expect, like, we could win. We could lose. Elite players, elite players. On the road, <laughs> crazy environment. The 12s, probably a little friendlier, but loud. This, a little angrier, but also loud. I was watching Kelsey today. Like, they have to go silent snap count at home. And he's not even mad. He's like, yeah, our fans, just get kind of rowdy. You know, it, but I love it's that. Like, the Eagles fans are basically like, hey, you guys figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we're paying a premium. I paid a lot of money to be here. <laughs> we're going to enjoy the shit out of this. And it's just, uh, this is what playoff football is. And he, they asked Kelsey also about like how happy he was about his brother's game not ending up in the dome. And he's like, I'm playoff football is meant to be in the cold. And the one thing the 49ers have done for being a warm weather team, they, they're a cold, they translate to the cold, right? They've translated to Seattle ugly games. They, they translated to Green Bay game last year. They are built for this environment, which also makes it cool, right? It wasn't like, well, the Niners are this 13-14, but they're built like a dome team, like the fucking Bills. Ironically, they play in the cold. It's The Niners are built for this. There's just, like you said, Two just massive brands, two massive stories. I'd say for a couple years running. I mean, last year the Eagles sent Carson Wentz packing and went with Jalen Hurts. The Niners were definitely one of the biggest stories in the league last year where they traded three first-round picks to draft a quarterback. And now two years later, he's not even playing because of Brock Purdy. You have Jalen Hurts. But and Brock's become one of the biggest stories in the And Brock's become one of the biggest stories. And both these two teams made massive trades, one during the draft and one during the season for McCaffrey and AJ. Who I would say over the last like half decade, non-quarterbacks. I mean, these guys are two of the more famous skill guys in the league, right? Christian McCaffrey and AJ Brown. Yep. There's not a person alive that plays fantasy football that doesn't know who those two guys are. So yep. they both have star defensive players. They both have like legendary offensive linemen. They both have offensively led, I would say, organizations. Look at the Eagles, right? Andy, Doug, Sirianni, Chip, like. 
the 49ers, Bill Walsh, Harbaugh, Kyle, Mariucci, like they, they tend to lean offense. But I would say both teams, they're good teams, like Andy's great teams and Doug's team and this team, like they do have star defensive players. The Niners have always been led by great defenses, ironically, because they're kind of known as like offensive you. But they're actually like all, from Ronnie Lott led defenses in the 80s to that 94 team when they signed Dion to Harbaugh. Harbaugh's teams were defensive led. And I mean, Kyle, literally his team is the number one defense in the league. You know, he does not rolling in the number one offense, even though the offense is potent. They're the number one defense in the league. They've always had elite defensive coordinators like Fangio became a legend under Harbaugh. Demi- Saul has gotten a job. D'Amico's about to get a job. The Eagles also a lot like the Niners pump out a lot of assistance. I mean, honestly, their two guys could become head coaches. Did you say w- w- was the buzz that Steichen was going to go to had a chance at Carolina? That's what one of the Philly reporters said. Got gotcha. you. So they I mean, who knows? Price, but I saw Benjamin Albright today say that he thinks Jonathan Gannon, who is the Eagles defensive coordinator, will end up in Houston. And there's a lot of buzz about D'Amico going to Denver. Yeah. Right. So Shike, they might get a little lucky, right? Shane just doesn't have a job and just comes back. I, they'd get very lucky if they if Steichen ended up coming back. Yeah. Because it does feel like Indy's going to hire uh, Friday, Saturday. So, and the Arizona, who knows? But yeah. So yeah, this Arizona is, actually Steichen might be a good fit there. But yeah, I mean it is. On a basic level, it's just two of the most famous franchises, right? Like Niners-Rams last year did $50 million. This game, I think, should be a higher-rated game. But Niners-Rams is a pretty easy... I, I think when they're all good, you could argue the Niners are top... I mean, they're right there as like a top three brand. Cowboys are one. I think there's a probably an argument for the Packers when they're humming. They're fucking massive. Then I think there's probably three or four teams that would be fighting for that number three spot. And I think the Niners, the Giants, Giants. the Steelers... I mean, yeah. there'd be a, they'd be on the short list, but... The Niners, and listen, I'm not trying to diminish the Eagles because the Eagles are, when they matter, they matter for the league. But they're, you know, the Niners are bigger, but the Eagles are damn big too. So it is, um, you know, what the Niners do is they play kind of the type of game that Philadelphia identifies with as a as a town, right? Like when this broadcast starts, you're going to see a shot of Rocky Balboa's statue and the stairs that Rocky runs up in the movie. And the Niners have guys that play Rocky Balboa type games. Like if this is a boxing match, you'd say if it turns into a boxing match, small area, hand to hand combat, it's good for the Niners because that's what they that's what they know. That is what Debo knows. That is what Christian McCaffrey knows. And it. If you want to find like pick apart the Eagles a little bit, one thing you'd say is because they've been so dominant, which there's no such thing as it's no bad, you know, it's only good when you're dominant, but they just haven't been in as many of these types of games as the Niners have. And I know the Niners blow people out, but the Niners, the Niners play kind of the same game against bad teams and good teams, right? Yeah. And I just think Debo, like you go back and watch the Niners. I went back and watched Niners Eagles from last year, which was week two, I think. Week to, yeah, one Lions Eagles translates a lot. Of, the Eagles defense has gotten better. They've upgraded their receivers. Jalen Hurts has gotten better. You know, a lot's changed since that game. But I just wanted to see how did Hurts look moving against the Niners front because it's still Armstead and Bosa. And, you know, again, the, the Niners front has changed also. Um, and the one thing that really stood out in that game was guess who made some big 
freaking plays in that game was Debo. And I think it's it benefits the Niners, and we talked about this on the last show. Like the Eagles are the number one first half scoring offense in the NFL. If they get out to a fast start, that is a problem for the 49ers. But if they don't, the Niners style, which is Philadelphia, like Philadelphia would love this 49ers team because it's a very blue-collar style of football. And um, and I'm not saying, like, I think Jalen Hurts can probably play that style, right? I think Jalen Hurts can play a game where he's 12-17, but he's running all over the place. We'll see. But I think the Niners, like, are built for, like, what Philadelphia is as a town. And I think that's Debo. McCaffrey, to me, is classic. Like, his numbers sometimes, you look up, he's like 2.9 yards a carry, but you just feel him. And the Niners are built for that kind of game. I was just thinking, listen, when I used to get my oil changed in Philly, where a lot of people went in our front office, it was like downtown Philadelphia, and you'd pull into this garage, and upstairs in this guy's office, and this guy was like 50 years old, he was like a light heavyweight, you know, Mm. boxer growing up. Golden gloves? Yeah, that's exactly what he was. And he was, you know, on the fringe of becoming like a legit pro boxer, but you would go up to take a leak and in his office and just these pictures again, downtown, like where it's already kind of tough. And it was like, this, it feels like I'm fucking Rocky jr. Down here fixing my car. And it's the complete opposite for anyone that's lived, you know, in San Francisco and the Silicon Valley. It's just, it's a different way of life. And, you know, it's, there is, I was watching Rocky probably within the last couple of weeks, Rocky three with Carl Weathers, I did some because I was like, God damn, Carl Weathers is just jacked. And he's Apollo Creed. And I, I Google it, played linebacker at Long Beach State, got undrafted free agent in 1970 like, or 71 for the Raiders with John Madden. It, it, I, I think got cut pretty quick and transitioned pretty fast into, uh, into acting. But it's just the, the way these, the societal kind of construct of the two areas couldn't be much different i've lived in both i would say now though right like i think once upon a time i bet the bay area viewed itself yeah i'd say pre silicon valley blowing up the last 15 20 years northern california was a lot different but most people just had blue collar jobs throughout like up to 95 it wasn't like yeah, just going into my uh my white collar job at uh right. Dell. It didn't even exist. Yeah, here's yeah, Master. I'm with you. Stream. Watching the ham pod right now from Cyprus. <laughs> exactly. Country or the golf course. Maybe it is. Uh, might just be. Might be the I'm area. Going golf I if it is the if it is the course. I mean that's that that sums it up, guy. Now it's not like Philly. Like Tiger hosted a golf tournament when I was there at Aronimic. It's not like they don't have nice shit. But th- one thing these two places have. They fucking love their NFL teams. And the 49ers were so goddamn big, the other team had to get the hell out of there because they had no shot at any money. They, they, they just stifled all the cat. They had the market cornered on every human and every dollar. The Eagles have just had the market corner because they're the only NFL team. But both of them, you can say the Bear, it can be a baseball town. You can say Philly can be just whatever town that the team. I think the football teams have come... The Niners have come first since 1981, and I, you know, I, I, you'd have to ask like uh, Ruben Frank or Sal Palantonio, but I, I would imagine the Eagles have been first since probably the early 80s as well. Yeah, yeah. And I don't care how big when the Giants are rolling and the Warriors, when the Niners are big, they're just 
their numbers dwarf the other. They just it's just football's different to consume. It's easier. It's only one game. We've always talked about that, but and I'm not just saying this because you know I'm a football guy. I love sports. I just they're just the biggest, and and that's the way it is in most of these towns, right? Obviously, the Dodgers are bigger than the Rams, right? But if the Rams had been there for 50 years, it'd probably be a little different. And maybe the Dodgers and Yankees are just kind of unique, which I'd probably say they are. Yeah, I mean, one thing all of those, you know, a significant one thing that comes into play with all of those teams you're mentioning are history in terms of just the amount of time in a location and success. Like a lot of winning, right? The the, the 49ers have been in more conference championship, NFC conference championship games than any of their franchise. Like the Dodgers came out and were just really good for a long time. The Yankees have been maybe the best franchise in all professional sports. Even the Giants came out in 58 and the San Francisco Giants, right? And were really good. Being good. I heard that's the only only way to get big is to be good. I heard Mad Dog the other day. Some guy yesterday, this guy was on his show as a guest. He's like, Chris, I remember when you used to say, I give all of my Marconis for a World Series. And then they won three. The guy's like, what are you even mad about anymore? I'd give all of my Marconis for just one. Talking about what? Well, well, it's 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 why a lot of comedians. It's hard to be funny when you get rich, right? Yeah. Whose theory? Well, whose theory is? Yeah, it's hard to be funny when you're sleeping in satin cheese. Wasn't that Eddie Murphy or one of those well, guys? No, I was thinking of the the guy I saw the other day that said, uh, uh, "What's his name? What's the comedian? Very hot comedian. Very good. Hilarious. Middle aged redhead. Very, Bill Burr, who said like all. Oh no, maybe it was David Spade. One of those guys was like, yeah, all these guys are from the Northeast. I don't remember. Oh yeah, because they're angry. Yeah, Bill. yeah. Bill Burr. Anyway, but he, but he, the thing the Niners have even more. Obviously, the Eagles just won their first Super Bowl in seventeen. And it shows you how much people cared about football back then. Now, they had had successful teams, but hell, they had only been to a couple Super Bowls over like a 30-year span. I mean, the 49ers, just every generation, whether you're our age, whether you were you know, in your mid-70s, whether you're 60, whether you're a 15-year-old kid now, you've experienced just a lot of really sweet teams. And that is something that just, you know, there is no... You know, circumventing the importance of that to, to build and just create like these games are the sweetest. So you want to play in these games. Like it's think about the bears, for example, like the Cubs won a world series more recently. The, the, the bulls have had some, you know, playoff level teams. The bears, it doesn't feel like ever go to the playoffs. Fuck. You gave them one year. If they were just like a 14 win team, the whole fucking city was shut down. If they were just in this game, the importance, the Niners. Now this is their third time in four years, third time in four years. Like it feels pretty normal, even though it has not been. I mean, this season they went 13 and four. This doesn't feel like your typical 13 and four season. Uh, like the Eagles, what's crazy is we've talked about it, and I'm guilty of this. Like the Eagles are some juggernaut. They have one more win than the Niners. One more win. Yeah. But their season has felt much more normal beside like a two week stretch when Minchu came in than the 49ers. Now, part of that is losing quarterbacks. Well, the Eagles established early they were one of the best. It just kind of early on, right? They well, when the Niners were 3-4, and four, they were 7-0. <laughs> so yeah, that's, so that's – they yeah. they feel like the Niners felt in 19. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they feel like the Niners felt in 19. I just think p- part of it – what do you think about the style of game? The fact that they haven't – I would say we'd have to go through the – it feels like the Niners might in 19 maybe got tested a little more than this Philly team did. 
But again, I just refuse to 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 knock a team for blowing people out, right? Oh, their schedule wasn't that good. Well, they kicked everyone's ass. So that's what you do when your schedule is not that good, right? That said, what about if this game is 14-14 going into the third quarter? Like, do the Niners have some advantage there? I don't know. I mean, the Eagles are good teams. I don't know that there's a ton of advantage there. But like when we say, uh, uh, well, Jalen Hurts has played in a lot of big games or Brock Purdy hasn't played in an environment like this. Those things are true. But to me, what really matters is Brock Purdy is playing that defensive line. Jalen Hurts is playing that defensive line. Like to me, the biggest thing about big games is less about the pressure that you feel because of how much is on the line and more about how good the other players on the other team are. You know what I'm saying? Like the pressure of the game, all that shit's real. But eventually every player that ever plays in this game says, yeah, you don't feel that for four quarters. You get over it. And then you're playing the great players on the other side. Like, and that is what matters in this game. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the Niners are just built for like the type of game that they play historically under Kyle is a playoff style of game. Well, the one thing the Niners have going for them is their core group of star players have all been through this the last couple of years. Like the Eagles, they're this this version of their team. Like the Niners team is basically the same back to back. I mean, they've added their quarterbacks different, but like the core group of guys, which is reason that they win or they lose, have now basically played in all these games over the last four seasons. They've added, you know, Trent's come, uh, McCaffrey's come, but like those are plug and play players that could play in any environment, right? That the Eagles, like their core group of guys that were part of that Super Bowl team, are much older, and they're relying on. You know, A.J. Brown, who's been with a very successful team, but not with this quarterback. Jalen's played in two playoff games. Devontae, this is his second season in the league. Uh, Miles Sanders and Goddard, they've, you know, this is their first two years and they've been a part of one playoff victory. Uh, obviously, the coaching staffs, I, I think. One thing, the parallels of these two coaching staffs, like they're, they're, they're led at the top. The Eagles are three guys, it's they're talked about, right? Sirianni and his two coordinators, and really it's just Kyle and D'Amico, all young guys, right? I mean, Kyle's 43, the oldest, I think, of the four. D'Amico, I, I would guess, is 38, 39. If you look at the resumes of the two coordinators for Sirianni, they were both quality control guys within the last six, seven years. You know, it's not like they have been longtime position coaches in the league. Like, for example, the two coordinators for the offensive head coaches in the AFC game for Zach and Andy are Steve Spagnola and Lou Amarolo. Lou Amaruru. I I always screw up his name. Coach Lou. Those guys, Spags has been in the league since you and I were fucking really young, probably in high school, and been a defensive coordinator in the NFL for a long time. And Coach Lou, like, he's 58 years old. He's been a position coach in the NFL for a while. So it's just, this is a very young it kind of speaks to, you know, Jeffrey is a lot older than Jed, but they're very similar and like they love getting credit for getting the young hotshot. Like they kind of live for it. Yeah, I think what's different is that, you know, Jed handed the whole thing over to Kyle. Whereas, you know, Howie Roseman just won the executive of the year award for the second time. I, I think maybe there's only one other GM that's done that. It hasn't happened many times. Did Howie win it? I thought I saw he just won it th- today. 
and Brian Dable, the coach of the year. Maybe not the NFL, like maybe it's like the AP award, not the official. I shouldn't say not the official, but you're right. It was the because there's the Pro Football Writers of America and then there's the AP. Which one was this? The Pro Football Writers? Roseman, vice president, general manager, was named the 2022 executive of the year by the Pro Football Writers of America. He won the award also in 17. So they are like, I do think they're different in that. But like that final five of the one Kyle's on and Sirianni's not, is that the AP? Are they separate? Did you see that? I thought okay. that was the same thing that, that, the Dave, that's the one. Dayball just won it. Dayball won the it. Final okay. three. It was a okay. final three I saw of Kyle, Dayball, and Doug Peterson. And Dayball was named the coach of the year by and the Dayball, Yeah, because because in coach of the year voting, they prefer you to coach a team that we thought was going to suck and you win nine games instead of just being great, like Andy, let's say, won 14 games. Great. Great year. 14 games. Incredible. But the Giants were supposed to suck, and Daniel Jones was supposed to suck, and Brian Dable. If you, you guy, Andy's never winning the Coach of the Year. We love to be like, if you ain't first, you're last. Except when it comes to Coach of the Year awards, where it's like, ah, eh, middle of the pack. When we thought you were going to suck, congrats. How can you be the Coach of the Year with nine wins? That's insane to me. Well, how do like you Belichick and Phil Jackson have a combined like two? Exactly, Greg Popovich. ButcherBox.com/slash/ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then. I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks. America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. I got to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Video Lock. It's easy to install. Just a Phillips screwdriver. No drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. 
There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the 3-in-1 video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry? and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run, well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live 
live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Jimmy Johnson won the award with like seven wins one year. Jimmy Johnson, the Fox Cowboys coach, like early nineties, one with seven, when seven oh, because they had sucked so much. So by the second year, yeah. when they were like competitive, you're right. We look at it. I, I do think we got to give Dayball some credit. He was. Pretty uh, good uh, this year. I am not saying Dayball's not worthy. I'm just saying we overvalue. We thought you were going to suck and you didn't suck. Instead of you had a target on your back and you backed it up. Like how about that? Well, I, uh, the more I've thought about it, I was not all year long like a Shanahan advocate for coach of the year. But the more I've thought about it, it's like. If we're comparing it to Dayball, who won nine and did a great job, absolutely deserving. Kyle's just a two seed with a third with a third street quarterback. That's insane. Yeah. But anyway, people thought. Well, you know, I think the way I, I was, I watched uh, Jason Kelsey's press conference, and uh, he was asked because last week he said, "If we win in the trenches, we're going to win this game." And they asked him that, like, "You believe that that's going to carry over to this game?" He said, "No, I don't." He said, last game, I knew that if we dominated as an offensive line, like their defensive line is kind of all they had, they weren't going to beat us. He's like, that's not – It's everyone has to come to the table in this game. Basically speaking, like this is a completely different world of an opponent. So this is not like I got to do my job, Jalen's got to do his job, Fletcher Cox got to do his – like it's – we got to dominate in every phase. You know, and that's that to me summed up like we're getting a real game. Like this is a real – this is kind of the round robin I think we all thought we were getting with the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs, that they were inevitably all kind of one was going to get KO'd, but the other two would, you know, one team would have to go through both. It turns out Cincinnati, but it's just like each game is going to be just woof. And it turns out the Bills actually weren't ready. It does feel we're getting the best game on paper that's humanly possible in the NFL with these two teams roster wise. Now, that's the part we haven't mentioned that. All the star players. There's a ton. And that's to me what... Uh, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. You said you just started to say the star players. And I, well, no. I mean, it's just... It's it's a Pro Bowl-level group of players at every position. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Debo, McCaffrey, Goddard, Kittle... Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Trent Williams. Uh, who who did I skip? Oh, Ayuk, Fred Warner, Bradbury. No, no, no. Fly zone slay or whatever his name is. Ward, Ward. both Wards. I mean, I I think Jimmy Ward. I mean, is just a winning high level championship level player. He was so good last week when you watch that game back, just 
hitting people, sure tackling. You don't start for either one of these two teams beside Eagles linebackers if you're not just a really, really high-end player. <laughs> because that's the only position where you go, every guy in our unit would start for you. Where like both teams would say, this guy could start here, this yeah. guy would start here. You know, you would take Trent over Mulata, but it's you know, Mulata's really good relative to the rest of the league. Kelsey would start over everybody. You know, Lane Johnson would obviously be the right tackle. You would take you would take Hertz. We can get into that a little later. You know, I think the league would just based on one guy who just was a second round pick and potentially won an MVP, but who knows? Maybe next year Brock Purdy's competing to win the MVP. You go, well, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, is that a better combo than Debo and Ayuk? Maybe it is better production wise, but it's not like every team in the league wouldn't take Debo and Ayuk. You go, Goddard's an up and coming star. Yeah, George Kittle's better, but it's like they're fucking both Pro Bowl level guys. You know, the Niners running backs are probably a little. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're be- no, they're better. I, th- I do think they're better. Elijah Miles Mitchell Sanders is a really good player. You would go Bosa's the best defensive lineman, but then you might go the next couple are coming from them because I think the two guys, Reddick, I saw Kyle was asked about it because they used to play him when he was with uh, the Cardinals for a long time. Yeah. And he just like, he, he had a good point. He said, the thing with pass rushers, if you can stay healthy, it's one of the rare positions in the NFL, probably a lot like quarterbacks, but it's obviously much more determined on your athleticism, explosiveness, you actually get better with age, and it makes sense. You just become so much smarter because it is, for being this kind of crazy, you know, physical position, it's kind of got this, like, nuanced, almost like Taekwondo element to it because the hand fighting, the it's not just like, oh, it's a lot of, and that's where I think Nick really thrives. He's like a football genius, I think, as a player. And it's just it's using a lot of intellect. It's why when you see a really high level lineman, defensive or offensive talk, you go, God, this guy's really their their IQ at the sport is really really high. Yeah. Yep. I saw the Eagles guys have said uh, watching one of their uh, their shows that one of their underrated stories the last few weeks is uh, is in K- Kazir White, the linebacker, has actually been playing really well. So I actually don't think it was quite the weakness that maybe it's looked like in years past. I mean, you could put together a hell of a secondary with these two teams, right? Ward, Slay, your two starters. Bradbury. You know, I I think it depends who you ask on Bradbury. I know he's, you know, makes some plays and he's, he's famous. Be one of the top corners, I think. I think he's a free agent. He'll be one of the top. I, don't, I haven't looked at the market, but he'll get paid. Somebody's going to pay him. Lenore. The safety. Yeah, I mean, Lenore does he end up in the slot or Jimmy Ward or I, you know, I don't know. And then the, and then probably is it, are both safeties Niners in that case? The Niners probably have the safety edge. It's weird. I I think, you know, I'm a huge Hufunga guy, but he is very scheme dependent. You know, he's not one of those, like put him anywhere. He make like he would, you couldn't just like pass only and just in but if the, the corners, he'd be fine. I, I would say, how about Gibson has had an incredible season given Gibson, that anyone could have had him. He's been really good. He makes a lot of open field tackles, makes plays on the ball. I agree. I think I saw a lot of the Eagles guys thought that, and I think by all the metrics, but I mean, the Niners are the best tackling team in the league. They just do not miss tackles. Even if you get a yards after the carry or yards after catch it's because you've gone through a tackle like they were yeah. there a lot of teams like is where the defenders the Niners are always around you it, it, their linebackers don't miss tackles but like I guess D, it took DK to run over Charvarius 
So yeah. most teams, but I, that's I, thought, it. I thought he went over the top too. We did, but you know, on the one to the right yeah, side yeah, where he kind of, that's, I, I really give you, it's hard. I like, I, Hey, listen, coach prime said it a long time ago. They pay me to cover. Like you, you don't pay, you pay them to help tackling, but they are not paid to tackle. I'm not saying you can't be nothing, but they, if you cover, I can live. And I'm not the Niners guys tackle fine, but and slays a physical tackler. I, I can live with my corners not tackling if they cover. If they this, cover, this is part of the challenge though for the Niners, right? Is that AJ Brown is kind of Devontae Adams esque, which is like I'll just hit you. Like it, it's great that you tackle, but I'm gonna if the ball's 20 yards in the air, then I don't even need any yak. I just got 20 yards. AJ Brown, I saw this on Football Outsiders, was third in the NFL. 570 of his receiving yards came on passes that were 20 or more air yards. Only Tyreek and Devontae had more yards on 20 plus air yard throws. So, I mean, it's, you know, Devontae Adams has been, he's one of the best receivers in the league. Some would say the best. He is a problem for the, he has been a problem when the Niners have played him. And that's kind of what you're getting with AJ. Now, I mean, he's not as like Chavarius should be able to, when he's on him, run with him. But AJ doesn't really care if you're on his hip. He just makes plays. That'll be a fun. Here's the other thing. When we talk about this, and I was I had to check myself today. Like, yeah, they might hit a couple plays. Like, you have to score points to win, ultimately. You you can't go into a game hoping you hold them to 12 points, right? Yeah, the, the more and more I've thought about it is, like, be good in the red zone. Like, okay, let's say they get a lot of yards. It, can you hold them to 21 points and not 34, right, or 29 can can you keep them in the low twenties? Because what's a number that you go, you're going to have a chance to win? A chance, or like I really think you're going to like. If you told me 21, I think yeah, the Niners are in really good shape. If you told me 28, I still think they have a chance to win that for sure. If I tell you the Eagles get 33, you start yeah, getting now, higher, higher. Yeah, now it's, that's. Is I even say tw- I even say 28. You're starting to get at a pretty big number. You are. I just think at 28, you're in the game. Like they're not running away from you at 28. I don't think, but it depends. You know, if those 28 come on turnovers and you're yeah, non pick six and stuff, if they score 28, so basically four touchdowns through the offense, that would be concerning because that means the defense is four touchdowns a lot. I mean, the Niners don't. Yeah, the Niners are not for for as much as you know. Purdy's better is better at certain things than Jimmy. What the Niners haven't really changed is like. They haven't become a quick strike offense. Like they still need time to get the ball down the field, right? It's like they're hitting a bunch of plays over the top. So they still put the number of possessions still matter a lot to them. You get to halftime, everyone's had two possessions. Like that's four possessions, whatever. If the Eagles have scored four touchdowns, like all right, how many touchdowns have the Niners scored? If they're only going to be four possessions left in this game, so coin flip matters in this game to Kyle a lot. Well, I was thinking about that too. As a as a, if you win the coin flip, you take the ball on offense first. Because remember last year against the Cowboys, they didn't. They ran it right down their throat because it shuts up the opponent. Did they? Did the Niners win the coin flip last week or lose the coin flip? I mean, they had the ball first and went three and out. I I was you know I I came Dallas won. I I didn't miss the I didn't catch the flip, but I assumed Dallas won the flip and elected to defer the decision to the second half. As we like to say, good thing in these games they show the flip, right? It's like I, I think in the final four, like you, you, you're the lead up to the game. Like I'll be know. there for the flip this week. It's not this flip ain't sneaking yeah, no. up on me. I, yeah. If I tell you they win the flip, 
Uh, I wonder if you get, take the ball on offense to set the tone, or do you ease into Purdy? I think Kyle just loves having that ball first in the beginning of the second half. And to me, I prefer the way Kyle coaches. <laughs> I think not getting the ball to start the second half, I think he, I don't know. I think I think it makes him uncomfortable, and it makes the end of the half a little more uncomfortable. Yeah. I would imagine he's just gone. He would just do what he's done because even Brady talked about it. I mean, it's a Belichick thing, right? I mean, I think it's a good coaching thing. You always want the ball to start the second half because if you get the ball late in the first half, you get to double dip. And you can set the tone with your defense. As long as they stop them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if yeah. they do drive and score a touchdown, the place is going bananas, right? When, so, you're, when your offense is coming on. Like, games are complicated, but this is the number three scoring offense in Philly, the number one scoring defense in the 49ers. Is this game that simple? Um I went and looked at Jalen Hurts' recent his career short. And last year, particularly early last year, he's gotten better since last year. But, I, you know, some people have said to us, uh, I've got some DMs and stuff from people the last couple of days, like, you guys talk about Jalen, like he's some, you know, unbreakable force at quarterback. So I went back and looked. the last This season and last season, the Niners are the number one defense in DVOA. So I took the top 10 DVOA defenses this year and the top 10 last year. Jalen Hurts has played six games in the last two years against top 10 DVOA defenses. What's interesting about him is for being in Dallas's division, he's only played the Cowboys twice in the last two years. He missed the Dallas game this year, and he missed the Dallas game last year. And Dallas was one of the top DVOA defenses last year in the NFL also. So I'm just going to run these through. You don't have to you know, really follow these numbers. I think you'll kind of pick it up. Um, so this year he's played two defenses that were top 10 in DVOA the first night the first Cowboy game he was 15 of 25 for 155 two touchdowns no picks they won the game Washington they lost he was 17 of 26 175 two touchdowns and a pick so those were his two games this year last year four games against top 10 DVOA defenses the Niner game which was week two he was 12 of 23 190, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He ran the ball well that day, though. New Orleans last year, he was 13 of 24, 147. No touchdowns, no picks, one. Tampa last year, 12 of 26 for 115. One touchdown, one pick, they lost. And Dallas last year, 25 of 39. This is the one game where he put up big passing numbers. 326, two touchdowns, two picks. And you remembered one was a pick six. Yeah. Um. He was terrible. I mean, they got they got killed on Monday Night Football. Now he didn't have AJ Brown last year. He was a he was not as good of a player. Yeah, Jalen Rager <laughs> had Jalen Rager. Um, but you know when I when I went back and watched the game last year, you watch him this year. You look at those passing numbers. To me, if you said like, what's one thing? What is a single thing that you could manipulate happens in the game and you think dictates the outcome? And to me, it's it's. Jalen hurts his legs like does he run the ball eight times for 72 yards in this game because to me when he does it it's third and four it's fourth and three it's that's where I that's where he can really really hurt you but you know in terms of his passing games against the best defenses th those those have not been where his biggest passing games have occurred yeah I mean I, I think the question mark on him as a passer and, and people 
anyone pushing back about the way we have talked about him, like to me, the what you need to do as a quarterback is score points and be a part of scoring drives. And while he didn't throw that many touchdowns this year relative to like star quarterbacks historically that were in MVP races, 22. He, he accounts for so many on the ground. Like you got those get added together. 14. So if you if you do twenty two, is tw- is twenty two his regular season and the Giants game? Uh, I think so. I did he throw it? Did he th- twenty two is the regular season number? So twenty two, and then he he ran for one. I think the the fourteen, 14 is that fourteen includes the postseason. So if you just go twenty two and thirteen, like he is accounting for thirty five touchdowns, right? <laughs> and, and running because of the way that they do it with him, it's. It's he's not the same player, but like Lamar Jackson, like it's a major, major threat. Twenty-two. So, d- uh, well, no, twenty-two does not include. He threw two, so he was twenty-four and fourteen if you include the postseason. Yeah, to me, his threat of running is is a, the reason why he's the real deal, right? Because as just as a passer, no one's acting like he's one of the top five guys as a passer. Now he throws a great deep ball. Which would you would say like that? No one's saying that about Brock Purdy. He throws a great deep ball. Now the thing is, can you take away the deep ball, which is hard with AJ Brown, and just make him pick you apart? Because that is the knock on him. Just like pick you apart, just wheel and deal like Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. Just throw three hundred, just with constant seven yards here, twelve yards here. That's not his deal. They're a very explosive offense. You listed that stat on AJ Brown, like down the field, like. Down the field plays, bombs. Honestly, Russ and DK operate like that. It was explosiveness. If you can take away, like CeeDee Lamb hit a big play, but CeeDee Lamb can work you. And say one thing for Dak, like when he is being successful, he can have proven when he's on and he can be off. And then we just saw off. He can just be a, uh, just like aggregates number, you know, passes over the course of a game like Cousins. And that is not Jalen's deal. It's a little feast or famine. So I think the Niners, their game plan is going to be slow him down as a runner. Does he even want to run with this bump shoulder? And make him, if you're going to throw for 250, 300 yards, you're going to fucking have to do it on 28 completions, not 17, right? Because if it's 17 completions and a high yardage, right, I'd say 250 plus and some touchdowns, that's where it gets scary because that means they're explosive plays. And explosive plays on the road, or if you're the Eagles, explosive plays at home, that place is going bananas. Yeah. Because no one goes bananas for like a seven-yard hitch that's tackled. But you do go bananas, even if it doesn't score, for a 40-yard post route to Devontae Smith. I think that's where you're, that's where Kyle and Brock become so important because the other thing explosive plays does is it can, with an if the other side of the field is inexperienced, make them feel like they have to answer the same. Like, you get explosive play, and now they start feeling the pressure, right? Where... You told me if every Eagles touchdown drive was eight plays or more, I'd be like, all right, that's the Niners' pace. It doesn't actually change anything if the Eagles score seven points on one play or seven plays, not for Kyle's offense, right? But for less experienced, I think, coaches, it can make the game feel differently. It can feel more like an avalanche than, you know, like uh, a lobster. And, you know, you put the lobster in the cold water, you slowly turn it up. They don't quite realize what's happening. Like, that's the kind of game the Niners like to play. Seven points is seven points one way or the other. But I do think an inexperienced coach or an inexperienced quarterback can really get overwhelmed by a team that scores quickly. Yeah, I I agree. Whereas Kyle, I know this. If the Eagles hit a big play like Shanahan, it doesn't 
nine score, nine drive, nine play drive, or one big play. It doesn't change what Kyle's about to do. For sure. I, I do think that one big play are it just that place erupts. Oh, it feels everybody feels it. So, like, yeah. does Brock? I, to me, it? it's less about Kyle. It's more about the team. Kyle's unfaced. Well, here's the not, thing. He's, he's the really least. Ha- of my, he's the least of my worries. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's the thing with the Eagles. Is I I think Shanahan versus Sirianni is a massive advantage for the 49ers. Yep. But his coordinate, it doesn't really matter. In this I know game because you know I, how he's so, given them the clock management sheet. His coordinators are both pretty good. I think but, Gannon's pretty. But good. they're running the game. Like he's, so, Sirianni's mad or uptight or worried. Like he's not doing anything. I know it's it's really bizarre. Because I think the the coordinator matchup is Kyle Gannon, D'Amico, Steichen, and you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's weird. It's really weird. Because I think Shanahan is such an advantage over Sirianni. But Sirianni gave up play calling duty, so it well, doesn't put it, matter. Put it, put it this way: <clears throat> Would the Eagles trade Kyle Shanahan for Nick Sirianni oh, yesterday? If you, Honestly, and you and I talked about this on the last pod. Would they trade Steichen for if you told them like you got to lose one of them this offseason? Either Steichen's going to go become a head coach somewhere, or you got to get rid of Sirianni. What would they do? What would Howie Roseman, proactive, bold? What would he do? Well, that's where the Rams game doesn't parallel because I'm just sorry I don't take their fans like I don't view them as like a real fan base. But that feeling last year in Green Bay which is you'd put Green Bay as like a top five fan base in the world, any brand like that. You meet a Packer fan. I, I just played golf with one yesterday, 70-year-old guy. I mean, could just rattle off. It's not just about like knowing the history of the team. They know everything about the current team, about the co- they, Packer fans are fucking so dialed and they're pissed off. Right they now. buy ownership stakes, even though they don't really get to do anything with them. That loss last year made the whole organization question everything. It's a little different because you had this older quarterback who was going through some drama. You lose a game like this, and it's not, it's weird, right? Kyle going into this game is not just playing with house money in the sense of like, like Kyle Shannon, you're better than Sirianni. You're not like a seven point underdog, you're a two point underdog. And it's really just because they don't really know how, and part your quarterback's a rookie. If Brock Purdy was three years in and just been a really good starter. This line honestly could be one, right? I mean, it could be even lower. There's just some question marks with your quarterback. But I don't give the 49ers and specifically Kyle just some pass like underdog, let it rip, you know, kind of like McCarthy coming in. Didn't have that much to play for against the 49ers in the sense of no one thought he was going to win besides like all the former Cowboy players on TV. Kyle, like there, there is they're some kinda, pressure. They're kind of obligated to pick the Cowboys. We, 100%. I don't blame him. But like Kyle's coming in with this, like, you should probably win this game too, buddy. But the Eagles lose at home. That's going to be one where everyone looks around going, especially if it doesn't look pretty and something weird happens, where things get weird fast. And the Niners have proven they can force your hand of making it weird fast. And that's where I think you can go on the road with a bunch of war daddies. The Eagles have some too. Like, I mean, they have guys that. They have several guys that won a Super Bowl who are their most. I mean, I Jason Kelsey's going to get his number retired. Fletcher Cox will get his number retired. Lane Johnson will get his number retired. I think Brandon Graham, who's the fourth of the bunch, but did have one of the most important plays in the Super Bowl where he hit Tom Brady and forced the fumble at the end, probably get his number retired too. So the four most famous guys that are old on this team. Dominic Seuss won a, won a championship. 
He'll get 25, 30 snaps. You're right, but not like as a group. I'm talking like played oh, together, but you're right. He's a championship level player or been on a champion. That it's just, I'm just fascinated by that because those guys will be ready and there's a lot of young guys, but they've added a lot. Like the 49ers really, beside McCaffrey, have kind of had the same crew, you know, for now this run. Yeah. They added Ayuk in 20, but it's like it's kind of been the same. And the other two most famous guys they add are just like true, a lot like A.J. Brown, just like plug-and-play great player. Yeah. You know, Trent Williams, just plug-and-play him. It's like it is a baseball thing. Trent Williams could play for 32 teams. You wouldn't – he'd fucking be – you wouldn't even notice him besides just stuffing the left side. Well, he he wouldn't play for the football team. He couldn't play for them. Because he he refused. He played for them, and no one ever talked about him. He is prime at 32 years old on the 49ers. McCaffrey's the same thing. If McCaffrey's healthy, one of my great – media misses as, as a player that I was like, I, I do not see it could play for anybody. If he's healthy blind spot for white guys. Yeah. I just thought he was Julian Edelman, <laughs> which isn't the biggest, you know, knock. I mean, Edelman's mm-hmm. Super Bowl MVP. I mean, not an elite athlete relative to like what McCaffrey is. Feels like, you know, Edelman McCaffrey, similar speed by about McCaffrey's age. Now 26 McCaffrey's not that super fast anymore. Explosive. I thought it was his choppy steps. You told me small steps. Why doesn't he run away? I asked you today. You said small steps. I think the ha- you know he's maybe scared of that ham he's going to rip. I think he's running as hard as he can. And well, then I, I, I know. I'm just saying he's not as fast as he once was. Yeah. Again, he's still fast enough. And and top end speed. Back to my scouting days. Least important thing a running back can have. It does. It is the icing on the cake. The cake is already sweet. You do not need that. Think how many great running backs ran away from anyone. There's been like two. Adrian well, Peterson. I would say on this team, like if you break off, a, you know, the Niners tend to break off like 30-yard runs from midfield. When you're not great in the red zone, you'd love to see a guy be able to make that run a touchdown. That's well, why in 2021, Debo hit him. When Debo hits him, it's big because it's like you're at the 42, he breaks it, touchdown, you're at the 29, t- you don't have to fuck around with being on the goal line or they like the – Goal line actually is fine for the Niners. The 11-yard line is where things get really hairy for the Niners. I feel like you put the Niners on the goal line, touchdown. You put them on the 11, hell if I know. Pretty might have to pull something out like of the You feel like the 11 is just like an awful place for the Niners offense historically? I feel a little bit better with, uh, with uh, Brock with Tober. Brock? Yeah. Uh, one of He becomes the fifth quarterback in his rookie season to start a conference championship game. The other four did not win. Sean King did not win. Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger, and Mark Sanchez. So, it's not a, it's not enough to be a curse, but you know it's really there's no pattern to those four guys. I'd say other than they all had probably good defenses, but two of them I, went on I, to I'd have. Say, I'd say great defenses. You know, Tampa probably the best defense yeah, in the league. Steelers defense, Jerome Harrison. Uh, might even have been a little before. They, I mean, they were elite. Flacco's elite. Who was the other guy? Sanchez. Did you say Sanchez? Elite. Yeah. Two of those guys would go on to win championships. Two of them would not. And only one, you'd say, became a great player. Yeah. I mean, Ben became great. Flacco had a hell of a career. Like Flacco being in the conference championship game as a rookie was indicative of what was about to come for him. Yeah. Flacco's. I mean, doesn't it feel like he's got a couple more years left, too? I mean, does he have an 18-year career when it's all said and done? Because well, when Robert like Sala told the media that we really want a veteran quarterback, wouldn't Flacco be like, well, what are you talking about, Robert? You got one. 
<laughs> I think they mean Rodgers. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, uh, listen, all four of those guys. Now, Ben became one of the great playmakers the NFL has ever seen. And when Flacco won the Super Bowl, he had one of the great playoff stretches in league history. A lot like some of Eli's runs in the playoffs. I heard Hasselback, not the Seattle one, but the shittier one, on with Rosillo. And he was like, you know, I called his game against Notre Dame years ago, a bowl game. And one thing you hear a lot now is Purdy is just like game managing a lot like those players, just historically a guy, a young player on a really good team, just, just don't crash the car. And he's like, when I watch, I don't necessarily see that. Like this guy's playmaking. I think what game management is, is what Jimmy Garoppolo was doing. And any 49er fan would tell you this guy is dramatically better than Jimmy. So what Jimmy was doing actually fits like what what Sanchez and Sean King and rookie Roethlisberger and rookie Flacco just kind of steer it. And most of the time, it's very hard to win that way. That's why they all lost in this game because ultimately, I'm going to need you to throw a couple touchdowns. And I will say this about Purdy. He does have the capability of doing that. Like, if you told me the 49ers had got here and it looked the same, Obviously, the games, they would not have scored the 30 points for like that seven-game stretch with Jimmy Garoppolo. But Jimmy Garoppolo starting this game, I would I would have zero little confidence they could win this game. I'm um, confident, and I think they're going to win because – I mean, I'm going to pick them. I guess I'm confident they have a chance to win because I think Purdy can make some plays in the passing game, which yeah, Jimmy couldn't. Game, game management means you don't make plays off script. But here's the thing about game managers – they also, because they are not the most talented, they also miss, like you don't hit 100% of your layups with game managers because game managers aren't, as it turns out, consistent enough to do that. Like, Well, not all miss- game managers are the same, right? No, but I think the problem with game managers is not always that they're not elite talents and they don't make the extra plays. It's that by nature, by, by definition of be your game manager, you're limited, which means you will miss some layups. You will miss some open jumpers. You will. It's just that's that becomes the problem with a game manager is that the coach can scheme stuff and the game manager won't hit them all because he's not good enough. That's why he's a game manager, right? But the 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 way we use the definition really is game managers don't make plays outside of yeah. whatever it was called. That's with any consistency. And I would say they don't have the capability for the most part of doing like explosive things. Yeah, downfield throws, which Brock, again, that, that has the Niners have not become a quick strike offense with Brock Purdy. But they have had quick strike plays that have been much more explosive, I feel, than Jimmy in terms of not a guy breaking a tackle, but like they had a play last game, like a quick pump fake hit Kittle down the seam on the right side. Like they have expl- more explosive plays in the past game with Brock Purdy. Let me ask you this. What do you think, if you had to pick one big difference between Purdy and Garoppolo, what is it? I would What's say the ability to ad-lib with his feet to keep play alive that ends up leading to a throw. Yeah. yeah. I, I that You're right. I mean, that's there's multiple right answers. My, my thought was going to be he doesn't – when he had properly identifies the open guy, he hits him for the most part. Right? So, like, when Shanahan schemes open that slant, I don't know, you know, Jimmy might just throw it too high. Where for the most part, Brock has just hit that. When Brock knows the throw, he hits the throw, I would say. 
I feel like Jimmy's more. I excuse me. I feel Jimmy's not as accurate as Brock on a lot of the. Yeah, that's stuff. The, that's a simpler way of saying it too. I think. I think Brock, this version, the guy we've seen through seven games, is just a better player. In a vacuum, in the context of the team, however no, you want to say it, is just a better player. Like why? Like what is he better at? Well, he's definitely more athletic. Yep. Which, no matter what, which is, by the way, is why he's better than why right now you would take him. Like it's one of the things he's better than Mac Jones, right? For sure. When you're more athletic, you can just keep a play alive, and like Jimmy just struggled with keeping a play alive. And when he somehow pulled it out of his ass, a lot of times it led to disaster. I would say so far with Brock. His throwaway, something Jimmy historically did not do, like three career throwaways or, or whatever. He had three this year. It was a disaster. He would not throw the ball away. Brock throws the ball away, one. And two, when he does throw the ball down the field, he has hit a lot of big plays. Honestly, in the red zone, he's thrown touchdowns on broken plays. Some turns out to be dump off after he runs around for five seconds. Others hitting Kittle in the back. He has just hit a lot of ad-lib plays. Like one of the knocks on Cousins – another Shanahan guy, like cannot ad-lib. I think in theory he would love to be able – he physically is incapable because he can't keep plays alive with his feet. Dak can Which ad-lib. Which put Dak ahead of Kirk. But you would watch Dak sometimes within the pocket makes poor mistakes. Yeah, I know. God, what an awful ongoing debate that never dies. Cousins or Dak. because they both make a combined like $80 million. <laughs> and just don't win big games. No. But I, if you are – and here's the thing – both of them kind of get screwed from the sense that they don't have good coaches. Well, maybe Kevin O'Connell turns out to be good. He fired uh, Harbaugh's old guy, Ed Donatel, pretty quick. It's like, wait, this guy was good enough to be your defensive coordinator. You're in, you just realize he sucks. Anytime well, you're just constantly going through coaches. Too. Who? Although I guess that guy, Mike Mike McDaniel, but that guy had been in Miami. He I think good. it's a little different when I, uh, I'm going to hire this guy than like, yeah. hey, this guy was good with Flores. You got to keep him. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll take the job. Right, right, right. That lost my train of thought on just the, the Purdy thing. Oh, oh, back to those two quarterbacks. If you are going to pay a guy $35, $40 million and he's never going to win you a second round playoff game, while that sucks, as long as you go to the playoffs every year, things could be a lot worse. Things could be a lot worse. And I think both of them benefit from, you know, being in pretty stable organizations in terms of talent around them. And that is like Brock is never. It's impossible unless his arm gets comes in one offseason with just like did he add five miles an hour to his throwing is never going to be a top five quarterback. But as long as Kyle is around and the infrastructure is there with John and Adam and their ability to like it was that way with Bill and Tom for all the random guys around them. This thing is more on Brock like can have success because of the guys around him. He I, say, the, I say he maximizes the guys around him better. Yeah. Which is why Kyle. But I, I just mean I just mean long term, like like he can just become a sustainable player because of the infrastructure he's going to have around yeah. him. Yeah, and you would say like he's and the Kyle's last- never paying him forty million dollars a year. <laughs> well, but that's the way it works when you win a lot of games with a quarterback. You there's you have to make a decision, like because somebody else will. And you keep drafting seventh round players. So. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing is at this point I don't I, there are limitations to his game for sure, but. I just trying to decide what Brock Purdy can't do. Uh, I would say so far he's done a lot of things that people would say he can't do. So 
you got to be open-minded to the possibility that he can do he can it turns out five years from now he can do some things that we didn't know he could do well a lot of people tagged me in that did you see the steve smith rant uh steve smith senior about zach wilson and well, i didn't and think it was Brock junior uh <laughs> i think no, it was just, there's just there's just so many steve smiths and it was basically like brock purdy in seven games proved he could do so much more than zach wilson in two years <laughs> you know, Steve Smith Sr., I think he might be an undrafted free agent, but he's, if if anything, he's like a sixth or seventh round pick, but I'm Utah pretty sure he's an undrafted free agent. That they have such a, you know, those guys have animosity for high picks that can't play and then keep getting chances. All late round picks that become studs always like, and I get it, it pisses them off. And it's basic math. I mean, Brock Purdy, the reason everyone just naturally when you're the seventh round pick, but also the 49ers, they didn't invest anything in him. They literally gave him $77,000. Zach Wilson got a $26,000 signing Cam bonus. Ward got more at Washington State. Yeah, and Zach Wilson's $35 million guaranteed. So the reason the high picks get more chances is because they get more money invested. This is business 101. Third round for Steve Smith. Okay, so he's higher than I thought. So his is just simply like he just hates scrubs. And I do too. I, I you and I have worked around people that we thought got paid too much. And we're like, what is going on here? And it's just a natural human reaction in an, in any industry. But like the reason people like also Brock's pretty unprecedented. I mean, it's very, very unprecedented. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm not following. What was Steve's rant? He was ranting. Which side of that was Steve Smith on? What was his? Like, Zach Wilson sucks. Brock Purdy's a stud. Why are we keep talking about how, like, questioning all these Brock Purdy things? If Brock oh. Purdy was, basically, like, if Brock Purdy was not even the t- first-round pick, like a top-50 pick, everyone would be like, we knew it! This guy, But it's all the opposite. Like, are we sure? Is this really going to last? And it's, he kept, he clearly hates Zach Wilson. Like, everyone keeps making all these excuses, and they keep trying. It's, and it's true. And, and the reason, if Brock Purdy had been Trey Lance, and he was doing this, everyone would be like, what this is? Is this fucking Joe Montana? A hundred percent. But that's just the way that that's just the way it works. You know, but part of it is like we've been in the Trey Lance talking business for a while. But um, but he was all but he was literally the third pick, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm just it, but but part of it is his skill set, his physic, his physical skills that we think he possesses, right? Even though I don't think he throws a great deep ball, but um, or is that fast? <laughs> <laughs> Every podcast becomes somehow about Trey Lance. Um, we don't have to decide today if Brock Purdy is going to be good in five years, right? We look at the guys we talked about to start this this part of the conversation. Four rookies have done this. One of them turned out to be a Hall of Famer. One of one other two of them turned out to be Super Bowl champs. Two of the four came out to be Super Bowl champs. Two of the other four, you know, were were, were not long-term we're not franchise qbs they just they were not franchise quarterbacks but maybe you know there are people who will tell you like god if sanchez had just been in the right spot he could have been sean king won 10 games the next year but that was that things all were all had great defenses on those teams all had great defenses, and i think your point earlier was brock's numbers this year have been different than what those guys did offensively but the bottom line is we don't know. We don't know where Brock, what Brock Purdy will be five years from now. We just don't. And if he turns out to be great five years from now, we'll say, we knew it from the start. And if he turns out not to be, people say, ah, he only played seven games. We just don't know. But we if he plays know. well in this game, on, on the road, in this environment, and throws several touchdowns, yeah, 
one, it's never happened before in league history. And two, it'll be something like you could be a really good player, right? Or a highly paid player, player, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. Let's just think of some of the guys in the NFC. If they, you know, let's say the Lions had made the playoffs, Jared Goff, who started a bunch of big games and gone in and throw several touchdowns as he team one, that'd be like a historic victory for that guy, right? Like that, that would be something you could never, ever belittle. You would never be able to take that away from him. If he, if he goes in, now, if he has a Jimmy Garoppolo game, which is impossible, where you just only throw eight, like that's not, it's not possible in this game. Oh, to eight, only have eight, eight, eight passes. To only have eight passes. But if he goes, has a game where he throws several touchdowns and plays well, potentially outplays Jalen, which, like you said, is possible given how Jalen has played against top defenses. Like, there's no more arguing this. One, he's he's going to be the quarterback next year, so there's no arguing that. And two, it's like, this guy's the games he played this year, he was awesome. Now, big picture, there's still a lot to be earned. How they keep this team together long term, we'll see. But like what we saw, he was fucking sweet. Better than Dak, better than Cousins. Like, better in his in his conference too. He he does not have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Lamar. Uh, hell, even Deshaun, who makes two hundred thirty million dollars. Like his conference is not the same. So beside, like th- he's seeing the best quarterback in his conference. Yeah, he saw arguably the second best in Dak, and he outplayed him. <laughs> I was thinking about this today. The conference has shitty quarterbacks, guy. That's one thing that Hay is going for him. Marino, Elway, and Montana aren't in his division. Well, if if he forget about Stafford could come back, but Stafford had fifty fucking interceptions this year. Yeah, I mean, if Anna's been hurt a lot, um, really, he's going to retire. Really, five years from now doesn't matter, right? To your point, if the Niners win on Sunday, I was thinking about this today. Like, where would be the where would how could you? Could you overstate how crazy it is that Brock Purdy quarterbacks the 49ers to a Super Bowl appearance? You know, every day is filled with people making incredible like statements about how this is the greatest thing since X. We do it. I do it. You do it. Sometimes, But Brock Purdy being the last pick of the draft, leading a team to a Super Bowl, or quarterbacking a team to a Super Bowl, I don't think you can overstate how insane it is like to use the old cliche if you made a movie with that plot it would feel not believable you know you know sports gives us stuff like that all the time but even in sports that gives us stuff like that all the time right this would be on enough this would be one of the wildest sports stories that we've witnessed it already kind of is but you know one major difference to those four quarterbacks that we listed, the the rookie quarterbacks that started. Mm. Uh, obviously, Mark Sanchez was the fifth pick in the draft. Joe Flacco was the 18th pick in the draft. Roethlisberger was the 11th pick in the draft. I had to Google Sean King because I was like, ah, maybe he was a little later. Lane? He was later. Tulane was still the second round, 50th pick in the draft. Wow. So the latest pick of that four was Sean King at 50, and the other two or the other three were all top 18, 11, and five. So Puri has nothing in common. Like, if you're a second-round pick, it's not that crazy if you end up playing a lot as a rookie. It is, it's insane to play as a rookie as a seventh-round pick on a really good team, and then on top of doing this. So he, besides just being a rookie, has nothing in common with all these guys that were good prospects, right? right. The, the three of them were viewed as, like, 
big time prospects, first rounders. You draft a guy in the first round of quarterback, he's your starting quarterback. That's what this guy's story is just part of it. The, the like Sanchez is not huge. The other three guys are big guys, physically tall, large. Sh- Sean King's not tall. He's not tall. He's just big. He's put on a lot of weight for his career. <laughs> He, but he he was two twenty coming out. He was big in like even coming out of college. Yeah. But now I mean, what I've seen, what, three, how tall is Bills? Six feet even. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd say he's about six feet three. Three Bills feels like when I've seen videos of him talking. Am I am I thinking about the right strong king? Pretty big now. Yeah, I think I think so. I haven't <laughs> seen him in a while. Yeah. He's gone on every local radio station this week, but in America, pretty truly is. Like, if Purdy had been their second-round pick, then he'd just fit in this mold. Like, I don't put him in this mold. He was drafted hundreds of picks later than these guys. So, again, answer my question. Like, how do you even – over if he takes – if he goes to the Super Bowl this year, how do you even put that in the context of the craziest things we've seen in sports? It's yeah, very it's hard to put right, it. It's right up there. Yeah, it's up there. And sports is – there's a million crazy things that have happened. Well, what makes Brady truly unique, right, is the six-round pick. If Tom Brady had Wally pipped, if Brady had been a number one pick, it's still. I mean, to it win. still is a it, yeah. He became the greatest player. Like Michael Jordan was the third overall pick, but Tom Brady being a six-round pick and ultimately taking out a guy who was, I think, the highest-paid guy in the league at the time, or one of them, in Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. Like the way his story started, right? People for, by about two thousand seven on. No, you're not even talking about that anymore. But like those first couple series, like how are they doing this with this six round pick? That's the crazy part. And this is back to Steve Smith. Steve, where you are drafted, fair or not, is the way we. It's just that determines the rollout of your career. Like that. That that is the your entrance into the league at rookie minicamp. First thing you go is like, where's a first rounder? You don't go. Where's that sweet undrafted free agent? I mean, some of the nerds do. I don't. I go. Where's the first rounder? That's the irony with Shanahan is he gives his la- he gives his undrafted quarterback as much a look as he gives his first round quarterback, you know. But most coaches don't. Yeah, it, it took a level of luck to come, right? Yeah, because, because for I mean, a lo- large they, part of the Purdy story is when Jimmy wasn't a known option, even though they were clearly thinking and talking to him, but they didn't know if they were going to be able to keep him. Purdy was in a backup quarterback battle where if Jimmy had just been on the team to start training camp, however, him and Trey were going to figure each other out. I think battling for third, you're not quite on the same wavelength with the coach slash OC as he was given. I think he got an opportunity to kind of assert himself in front of the head man who calls the plays because Jimmy Garoppolo was just working on the side and he was actually got to battle for the second job. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know if we're here if he's battling for the third but, job. But there are a lot of teams where the seventh round pick gets to battle for the backup job. Usually not good ones. But I'm just like I think more often than not, your backup quarterback True. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. better than your seventh round. Yeah, I it's just Jimmy Garoppolo, usually that level of player is not your backup quarterback. True. It's Chad Henney. Yeah. Who, I, I don't know if they would let anybody beat him out, but. Um, 
You know who the Bengals' backup quarterback is? Because I was thinking, like, I know all the backup quarterbacks. John Kitna? Um, You'll never get it. Really? Is it, yeah. like, it was like the guy that played for the, It was like one of the Packers' third stringer last year, that guy? I mean, it's... You've heard the name, but it's you. It's just not gonna. It's not gonna pop like a Flacco or Chase Daniel or something. Is it like a Cooper Rush uh, type? Yeah, it's. It, I would say it's in that vein. Yeah. Is it the guy that played for the Packers? Uh, no, he's been on the Bengals now for a couple years. College. Um, Arkansas. I'm pretty sure he was a transfer. Yeah. Who? Brandon Allen. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I've okay, yeah, I've seen him on I've seen him in the Bengals uniform. Would have played a little the year, you know, he tore his ACL. <laughs> Somebody said Mallet. I guess he wasn't a transfer, was Arkansas the whole time. Tyler Bray. The uh, SEC got a lot cooler the last post he left at 15. It feels like they've had a more national run that last six, seven years than that first half of the season. Yeah. Leech Leech helped. Yeah. Lane. Lane. It'd be hard to be a starting quarterback for several years in the SEC the last five years and not like, whoa, yeah, I know. I remember him. For a run, they had like, it was just like Big Ten quarterbacks. Same thing, exactly. Like Wisconsin's had, outside of Russ, it feels like the same guy. When you see a Wisconsin guy and they're like, oh, yeah, Merch, man, he's a hot prospect. You're like, no way. This guy's been here seven years. Like, no, 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 he's young. Why is he? Why does every Wisconsin Iowa quarterback feel old? Mertz, Hurt, Schmertz, they all it's just a rotation yeah, of the same just, look. It's a bunch of Graham Mertz looking guys. <laughs> I'm telling you, he was a five star from New Jersey, had a connection no with Paul cousin. <laughs> like, yeah, let me know. The sweet guy's gonna be playing at Ohio State. It immediately stops looking like a five star. Ohio State's gonna have a guy that throws 50 touchdowns. Harbaugh will have some overachiever. The rest of you guys all got the same quarterback. It feels like Harbaugh gets underachievers. I don't know what Harbaugh's doing, but uh, John, our leading story last week, uh, last pod uh, update: Charles Amenahu, Kyle Shanahan answered the questions uh, Wednesday. Going to play? He said, "Legal system, uh, legal process, whatever." We feel confident that when that plays itself out, he didn't say it. He didn't say exactly this, but he basically said, "Like we feel confident that once the legal process plays itself out." it won't look crazy that he played in this game. That was, um, that's kind of what it felt like he was saying. Like we, is feel, that what he was like? We spent the last 48 hours kind of digging into it. Yep. Not me, but other people whose job it is to do that stuff. And he's going to play as long as he's healthy. And uh, we're going to let the legal part of it play out, but we feel good about it. Um, and then he actually, and then at the end he threw in like, but we're not, we're not cutting him right now. <laughs> he kind of just threw that in. Like we're not, no, we said we're not kicking him off the team. Yeah. Um, Sound like a college coach when he said that. He did. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, which I do think in a game where the quarterback can make you work for it, a lot, as many bodies as possible is important. So he's also injured. He's got an oblique injury. Yeah. Only played what, what did we say? 15 snaps last game. Yeah. And you know, he was limited in practice, I think yesterday. Um, we had talked, uh, my stance was just, you know, it's pretty risky just because you could never know. But then I think by the end of the conversation, we just said, be prepared. Like this is their job is 100% to win. And that the Kyle's job is to win, not teach life, life lessons. Cause no one would have, he would have got credit if he just said, yeah, it's not worth the risk. We, we like him, We believe him, but we just, we have a zero tolerance policy. Every zero tolerance policy turns into like, well, is it week two or is it the NFC championship game? And I, yeah. I got no issue. Like, How good is the player? 
uh, starter, pass rusher. Oh, okay. Well, well, let me think about zero tolerance. <laughs> yeah, if he was like a, if he was like the seventh DB who you know is ro- rotates in on covering kicks, it'd be an easy one. But yeah, this guy's six foot five, two eighty, and been a really good player for him since trading. It's been an underrated acquisition by the 49ers for a six round pick. I mean, this guy's played a shitload. And uh, and yeah, like they're just not in teaching life lessons. Could, could, also, you, could, could you do this in college? Could you do it in college? What do you mean? Like, could you like play if this same situation happened in college, yeah. it'd be harder, right? I think you play the guy. I, I think it's very dependent on like, I don't think Kyle has any interest in teaching life lessons one way or the other. I do think there's a world where the situation would they would have evaluated the situation and said it's not good. We don't think we think in the future, once the legal process plays itself out, it will look bad that we played him and we're not going to play him. Like, I do think there's a world where they look into it and go, no, no, this is this is worse and he's not going to play. I do think they kind of went into it with that. Like, oh, I don't know. I didn't talk. I just listened to Kyle two answers. I think there is a scenario where what they would have viewed it as we can't play him. And they di- they dived into it and they determined that in three months or whenever the thing's done people won't look back and go, I can't believe you played him in that game. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Like, we think it'll be okay. I, no, I, I agree with you. No, no, I know you do. I'm just saying, like, I do think, I do think there's a world where it's bad enough that they don't play him, that that, I don't think they were just playing him no matter what the circumstances. And when my life lessons thing is, when it go back to college, like the guy went to jail on Monday. Yeah. I, I, I've never, I've been in the back of a police car one time, but it wasn't my fault. And I didn't have cuffs on me. It was, you know, criminal I was in the car with. This is when I was like 13, long story. And um, family friend that turned out to be just actually now a lifetime criminal. But uh, the, again, long story. I got dropped off this day for whatever reason. I swear to God, my 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 parents had 17 friends over all in the front yard as the car was dropping me off. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, just uh Never been arrested. I'm pretty sure you've never been arrested. A lot of people listening, I bet a large percentage of them have never been arrested. The guy got arrested and went to jail. So when I go to the college, the life lessons thing, like you go to jail, I'm sorry. There's just not much room for of a game that, that later that week. To me, it's a pretty easy thing. Conference championship, legal process. It's kind of a go-to football thing. Are they, But are they doing the same if this is week three? I, I don't know. I just think it's when I heard Kyle talk, I believe you, or I, I mean, I believe him that like you just alluded to, they feel that nothing's going to happen. Easy to justify. Also, he's a free agent, probably won't be on the team next year. It's just, it's all about now. And ultimately, does anyone really care? Again, he didn't, the, the, the accusations that he slugged her in the face. Like if that was the accusation, he went to jail and he claims he was innocent. Is that, is that a bigger risk than a shove to the ground? Yeah, I, I see. I think it's it's totally dependent on what they believe, and like you said the other day, like guy can lie to you, you can be lied to. I think it's about what they believe will happen once it plays itself out, and I think they believe that nothing's going to happen or close to nothing's going to happen beyond what has already happened. Yeah, and it's just this is what we're this is the NFL, and the, the, their job is to win, and this guy helps them win. I, I'm not. I'm not against like I, my my point is like I, I'm I'm unfazed by any of it. Like if they if they wanted to cut him, cool. Like, I, I'm not taking some stance that like I'm not watching. But I, well, no I, just, I, I, I lucky's not the word, but I just 
I'm not saying it's easy for them, but I think it, it sometimes these situations are more complicated and it feels like this one was pretty straightforward for them on the mm -hmm. easier end of the spectrum of from whatever they determined, wherever they talked about. Yeah. It's just that never ideal to have really bad. And he gets like something happens to him legally later. We'd be like, holy shit. Like the Niners just didn't care at all. <laughs> right. But yeah. I, but I don't I think just, that's what happened here. I, like, I don't think we know that they don't care based on him playing in this game. Yeah, I mean, of, they're all married with daughter. I mean, of course they care. I just think, and I, I think I, a lot I, of people... I guess what I'm saying ultimately, just to repeat myself, is I, I do think there's a world where they would have not played him. That's what I'm saying. Do you think that or no? I think it would have to be pretty bad. Yeah. I think anything on the fence where it's just... I think most coaches would have operated like that. And back to what I said, like the it doesn't feel like that many players in the NFL got arrested. Like getting arrested is a, kind of a big deal. Again, never been arrested. You never been arrested. Most people watching this never been arrested. Most people in the NFL never arrested. Never been most people in society never been arrested. Yeah. Shoplifters, California, never get arrested. Like some people <laughs> just avoid the you know the police. Looters. Uh, not looters, uh, squatters was the word I was looking for. So damn squatters. Uh, John, check this out. The betting public so far in this uh, in the lead up this week to this game. 69% of the bets are on the Eagles. I shouldn't say betting public. It can be sharps, which are just public. Everyone's. But they're, just, they're humans. They put on their pants the same civilians. way we do. Guys. Betting civilians. 69% of the bets on the Eagles. 92% of the money is on the Eagles this week. So uh, the Eagles on by the line are the favorite. 92% of the money on the Eagles is that's a lot of that's a big percentage of the money. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, I I got a little hundred dollar bet right now on Max Homa, who's in the mix to win at Tory Ponds. If he were to win, he's 21 to at a couple grand. I, I might just roll it over and put it on the Niners money line. Because I, it's pretty good odds for a team that easily could win the game, you know. Like I, I, I just think the Niners, I think are pretty good value. Plus one twenty five money line, getting getting points on the road against a team that you're saying you would take a money line or you would take them plus two and a half. I would take a money line. Yeah. I would take a money line over under forty six and a half. I'd probably take the over, but I my gambling history over unders. I mean, shit, you whatever you do, it always the opposite. <laughs> because there's no worse feeling. It's, it's such a roller coaster ride. Like when no one scores in the first quarter, you're like, I'm done, and then all of a sudden three touchdowns, you're like, I'm alive, and then goes to the fourth quarter, and you're one point short, and they instead of kicking the field goal, they throw a hail mary, and you're like, what are we doing? You know, it's just over unders in theory should be fun, but they're just tend not to be. I feel the point spread is just the safest way to always go. My point is, if you're going to take the Niners plus two and a half, you, you you might as well just take them to win the game, right? This is not like a five point line. This is yeah, and and also if you're going to take them plus two and a half, like I don't know. I mean, there's definitely a world where you where where that is the difference between winning and losing. But to me, it's just. It's not quite the same fun. Do you see any scenario where the Niners win this game by like double digits? I think it's the least likely of the four scenarios. Niners win close, Niners lose close, Eagles win by two touchdowns. 
Niners win by two touchdowns. I think the Niners win by two touchdowns is the least likely. Even though they blow teams out per, with some regularity. With Purdy. With Purdy. Um, I just, yeah, I think that's the least likely scenario. But, I don't know, they crazy. Just Brock Purdy being here is an unlikely scenario, so who the hell knows? What if Kyle's up late, they blow it and lose again? And this is the third time. Super Bowl, oh, yeah. Kyle, I, coordinator, where hey. he gets treated like the head coach, and then it happens again. Did ha- Rams, they were leading in the second half. Kwaski just catch the ball. Gotta bro. catch it. Super Bowl. Gotta catch it. Or gotta PBU it. Cowboys. Didn't run out of bounds, Niners. Yeah. Yeah, man. This guy, I'm just this game is just oh so good. I wish this game could be like a I wish this Niners Eagles could be like best of seven. I agree. Because it just feels so good. Like, would anyone complain if the NFL just threw out a release? We're moving back to the Super Bowl because we're going to go best of three for both these two games. The Bengals are like, this is bullshit. You're giving Mahomes time to rest. Yeah, that's exactly what that's like. And the league would be like, Bengals? Sorry, what? Don't care. No, nobody would complain. It is. Now, it doesn't feel like it, but home field is, pr- is pretty big, you know? And it, it, to me, it's not as big for the Niners being at home. It's just that the having to go on the road. Like I, I don't think I don't view Levi's as some. You're saying he's going to place advantage. Oh, you're saying just going to place X, not necessarily that it's Philadelphia. Depending on who you're playing, and I, I think there are a couple places that are just very, very difficult. Obviously, Green Bay, which that thing was a knockdown dragout last year. I, I would put this near the top of all the NFC teams. Right? Did the Giants have like? Some shit happened to their team hotel last week. Did that ha- was that did they like lose like no I, I feel like I saw some tweet something happened and somebody no was water like, was it no water why, yeah like this is why you don't stay in Philly you idiots this am I imagining that like would you, would you just stay in Jersey and then bus over I don't know like is there any way to keep it is there any way to keep it There's really no way. For, to keep it under the radar where you're staying, right? Well, I mean, there's coming with such a big, it would get out. Well, and there's just local, there's the, the the people who work at the hotel are fans of the other team. Yes. I saw somebody posted today, uh, internal email, not an internal email, but like they had jury duty. And in the, in the email they got for the rule for like, you know, here's, don't forget, show up at eight, show up at this building. It said, feel free to wear your Eagles gear <laughs> at jury duty. I actually got a one of those where I kind of went through. Uh, I pushed it on a yellow light, and I got sent one of those screenshots of just me driving of yourself. Yeah, and then I was like, God, might do I have to pay this? Like, is it? It was a separate company, so it wasn't like Phoenix PD or whatever. It, they they outsource it, and then I got like two weeks later uh, a letter that was saying we screwed up. You're good. I was like, what? I I, de- I definitely pushed it, and I remember the light going. I'm like, so oh, I wonder damn. what happened. I don't know. Some clerical error. Did you enter the light? Did you enter the intersection on yellow? I've been known to do that, which is legal. Uh, it, no, I, I was in the wrong. However, oh, I you entered. entered the inter- I, oh, I got. You. I was late. Yeah, I do that too much. That's that's uh, I mean, potentially, I'm not. No pun intended. Fatal flaw of I, I just I, I'm working on that. Full speed mistakes. You just 
that's not one you just seen too many car chases where the cars beeline. Uh, you don't even need a car chase, right? They, the guys just timing yeah, the light, they, right? Yeah, and it's like, well, that's the scary one is when you're coming up to the light and you're like, oh, this is about to turn green. I don't have to break at all. One hundred percent. Or if someone runs it the other way, and really, where most times you can afford to be forty five seconds or two minutes later, wherever you're going, exactly. CVS, you know, just a podcast, gym, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I'm, That's I don't the have, beauty of this job is when people are like, why are you guys on time for the stream? It's like, sorry, man, we're just podcasters. Like, we, <laughs> yeah. we're not. I, I don't have the launch codes. I'm just doing a podcast. <laughs> You can find those in a garage near you with about seven different politicians <laughs> or Warriors front office execs, uh, podcasters. That is um, another story about Bob being leaving last night. I saw it feels like Bob Myers might be on his last two raw here with the Warriors. Feels like he's on the way. Yeah. Have yes, my brother ask his brother-in-law who lives his neighbor. Oh, okay. I know somebody whose daughter used to babysit. I'll put up some feelers. When I was home for Christmas, my brother's like, they threw a big party. I'm pretty sure Bob Myers was there. <laughs> you know, that's always, you know, whenever something happens, like, you think yeah. Bob was there? <laughs> and then you just start telling the story like, oh, yeah, Bob was over there the other day. No <laughs> idea if Bob was there or not. Yeah, Bob's never been to the home in three years. <laughs> it's actually kind of estranged from the family. <laughs> yeah, so the Giants lost, the hotel lost water at the Giants hotel. Yeah, There's no way that's accidental. There's no way. No, the evidence I, I, is in. Yeah, I wouldn't stay there. Connor says uh, Trey Lance is praying the Niners lose this game. Probably, you know, I was thinking about that today, like because I heard Tim Ryan say that Trey Lance is like a big part of the game, like helping Brock during the game, just like backup quarterback. That's what quarterbacks do, right? The backup quarterback, although where's Jimmy, but the backup quarterback does that stuff. Trey is always right next to Kyle. Like if Trey Lance is watching tape. And Trey Lance is in the meetings, and Trey Lance is helping Brock. Well, then, if the Niners win a Super Bowl, Trey Lance can say, "Like I helped win that ring. Like I earned this ring. I contributed to this team." So I get it. Like you know, it's you you want your job and all that in the future, whatever. But I don't know if I I if you told me like Trey's all in on trying to win a championship and he's not thinking about oh if we win then that makes it harder for me to take the job from Brock next year. If the Niners lose on Sunday, it's it's harder for him. It, 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 him taking Brock's job. Like he's got to go take it. It's not his job anyway. Yeah, I don't know, man. If you're a good teammate, I winning the championships fun. Like going to the Super Bowl is a cool experience. I if you told me Trey is like really wants to win, I, I would that wouldn't surprise me. It is when you say being a good team. It is unique with the quarterback position. It is. Yeah. I mean, there's only one. I, I think it's lineman, receiver, one of uh, someone else going sure. off, whatever. I, I do think it's – I'm not saying he's actively rooting against or for because it doesn't matter. Like, you ain't the starter anymore, no matter what happens. But don't you – you don't think you would value a Super Bowl ring you won if you felt like you helped contribute to it, even if you weren't playing? For sure. I mean, you would but rather you win the Super that. Bowl. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think he's actively rooting for – there, I, I've known enough humans, and I have some weird yeah, thoughts cross human. my mind. Like, very human. He he would not be human abnormal human. if no. deep down inside, when he threw a pick six to lose the game, that he's not like, oh, that might slow everything down a little bit. Uh, JT says Greenlaw's the X factor on the QB spy. I hope he contains him like he did with Russ in the past. Yeah, Fred and Fred. I mean, Fred. Fred last game had a 
last time they played, Jalen had a really nice open field tackle on him coming up to make a play. So I, w- I would say a point of emphasis this week from Kyle is going to be those. They've had a 15 yard penalty in back to back games. Like that's it's one thing to get a holding penalty or a PI. Like I, I would say the free 15 yards on a late hit or shove out of bounds. Like that's a no go. Which in this game and their tensions are high and Greenlaw is a fucking Jimmy Ward crazy got one guy. on Jalen Hurts the last time they played. Not not because he was trying to, just because guy going out of bounds and he just hit him late because it's you know the quarterback's a threat. Well, how that's what happened to Gino, right? Slid, he's just a running quarterback. Yeah, that one was even bullshit, but you're just gonna get the benefit of the doubt. Like, do you think if you're Hurts, you saw Eric Armstead clearly in his head, kind of afraid of a penalty? understandably so on the DAC play in the end zone. And you think like, I can get these guys to like, like I think if you're just a quarterback in general, you think defensive players are kind of in a weird headspace, afraid to hit you. But I I think that was a unique spot late in the game up six points or whatever, seven points. You know, I I think he was very cocky. I would say the majority of the game, he's probably more aggressive in that spot. I think he's really in his own dome. I, I can't, they have no life. What do you mean no life? Well, like he's in the end zone. I can't get like a slamming him into the oh, ground penalty. Like yeah. it's, I think he just tackles him normally. You thought it was more situational. 85% of the game. I, I think that's a weird spot to be in. Where it's like, that, we've won the game. We just can't fuck it up. You know? So you, what are you saying in the, in the huddle? Like no dumb plays, guys. Play within yourself. Yeah. Keep them in front of yeah, you. No penalties. And D linemen are already kind of wired now to be careful. The one thing I, this is where you say for D'Amico is like he clearly has not tried to coach that out of his guys, right? And it, and that was a Robert Sala thing too, right? Like full speed mistakes, all gas, no brakes. And the Niners don't like they just accept like this is part of playing football. We are going to hit guys as hard as we can as much as we can, and sometimes we might get a 15-yard penalty. That seems to be their philosophy, which probably, like, they'd say, like, yeah, this is football. Like, that's you got to play that way. Which is true. I agree. Which is how it seems like most guys play, which is where these penalties come in. Which is how good guys say good defenses play. Yeah, yeah. In the end, we'll make more plays than we won't because we played that way. I think it's true. Uh. All right, I'm going to rattle you through some quick ones before we get out of here. Mike Kliss says D'Amico's the top Broncos candidate, Bronco Denver reporter. That's what he said. Don't take, top. It. Don't take it. Uh, uh, let's see. Panthers hire Frank Reich. Mentioned that earlier. But um, I don't know. That's so I Frank, obviously, I think the shine has come off Frank a little bit. The Colts thing was pretty weird. Now, the Colts are a weird franchise. But um, interesting hire. I don't know if that's going to work. I think they were desperate to get a guy with experience who's yeah. who's had some success. Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett. <clears throat> don't let Davis. the narrative. What did Robert Robert said something like? Don't basically like don't don't let people believe that he didn't. You know, bad situation last year. Uh, also said they're committed. The Jets are committed to finding a vet. Aaron Rodgers will be the New York Jets quarterback. Book that one. I think that's a lock. Following yeah. in Brett's footsteps. Isn't I think it's weird? a lock. I think it's that's which is great. Well, I mean, I think it makes the Packers kind of irrelevant. 
I don't know. Jordan Love, man. Remember, he had like three throws that I thought were very promising this year. Out of nowhere in a 20-point you know, loss. Uh, 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 Pat's hire Bill O'Brien. There's, I, did you read the Belichick story today? The big Belichick story? There was some anonymous quote I saw in it that was like, Bill really kind of screwed us this year. Like, Bill got in the way. Belichick. By that a was, player that was, coach. It did, I didn't just the quote of the story. One of the quotes was like, Bill really kind of fucked us this year. With Patricia? Just with the whole, yeah. I, I The assumption was with Patricia. I haven't read the article yet. Uh, Doesn't it feel there's a 50-50 chance that Bill O'Brien is the next head coach of the New England Patriots? I'm not saying yeah. like next year. I'm just saying like that's. I, I, I would I would guess that's coming down the pipe. Uh, next coach, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going with Dan Quinn, who announced he is staying in Dallas. <laughs> uh, repeatedly asked on Thursday by reporters if the offensive coordinator would be back. All Mike McCarthy said uh, was, "Oh, everyone's getting evaluated," but he refused to to say yes. He's Kellen Moore's coming back. Is there a chance that Dan Quinn today makes more money than Mike McCarthy? You mean because he just got like they paid him to stay? I, I guess maybe he didn't have like, was he going to get a job offer? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. If Mike makes seven, he makes eight. Dan Quinn, you think they paid Dan Quinn eight, you're saying? Well, I mean, like D'Amico makes three. I think it'd be pretty crazy to pay your defensive coordinator more than your head coach but did they do that once before actually yeah they did (laughs) (laughs) wait what was that situation well because jason Jason it was wade phillips jason garrett miami offered jason garrett the job and jerry just paid him the same contract and that contract turned out to be more than so yeah i guess there is the chance (laughs) now you're right he doesn't it doesn't feel like if denver had offered him the job and he had chose to stay that that would be a bigger story. Like we don't know. He might know. I'm not going to get a head job. They did change a bunch of coaches. I feel like I, I'm. I root for ball guys naturally. I, I think Dan's all time career just like renaissance. I think most people thought like, oh, this guy's overrated. He goes to Dallas and shit. He's been awesome. He's become, I don't know, one of the best coordinators in the league. Yeah, I mean, back-to-back top five defenses. So Fangio's interviewing with uh, with Mike down there in South Beach. How about the nugget you gave me the other day that Fangio's on the Eagles' payroll? I thought he was going to Niners practices. He's, he's out and about. You know, you got you to get money where you can. Like, hey, Vic, we can't give you a we can't give you a sideline pass to this practice. You're taking a paycheck from the Eagles. I wonder if he's waiting because if D'Amico leaves, come on, buddy. Come back to the Niners. Yeah, I'm just saying, but how could the Niners let him into practices if he's on the Eagles' payroll? He ain't coming to practice this week. <laughs> Trust nobody. Jeez. How he's always got random dudes on the payroll, man. That's smart. Yeah, when uh, what's-his-name was fired by the Browns, the GM, Dorsey. Me, he, just, he loves getting just guys on the payroll. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of people have taken money from Lurie. uh all right we we'll be honest we'll be transparent we have not decided what our situation is sunday in terms of what time we're going to come on our stream we've debated do you come on right after niners eagles or do you wait until after 
uh, Bengals Chiefs, and um, we've not we've not figured that out yet. So, but we'll be on Sunday. That much is we can promise. And um, you know, if you got if you got a take on that, some feedback. But I mean, selfishly, like we'd love to just watch both games and then go on after the second game. But you know, it's hard sometimes. Something happens in the Niner Eagle game. We got It's hard after an NFC Championship game to just sit on your hands for three hours. So I don't know. Anything you want to add there? Yeah, just he's just going to be one of those you'll feel in your gut when it happens. You know, we'll know. I think it's hard because if they do win, you know, who are you playing? Right. But who you're playing is not the biggest story that day. No, right? no, that's true. You got two weeks for who you're playing. Just as a consumer, you we only get to watch so many more games live. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Fans first, guy. This We did this because we've been watching games for a long time. Now, who know, what would piss you off is like if that game's a blowout, you're like, oh, this is stupid. Niners-Eagles? No, the second game. Oh, then you just fire it up right away, right? You're like, audible. No one yeah. would complain about that. So if, if we do wait, we'll do a long one. 24-hour stream after both games end. You want to you just keep the cameras going while we fall, go to bed? Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Uh, thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Send us pictures of you enjoying your Tito's this weekend. I got another picture from the guy who sends us naked photos of himself watching the stream on Sunday night, by the way. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> Rear only, thankfully. Yeah. Well, ass never hurt anybody. Looks like he shaved it. Never hurt anybody. I mean, very hairless, whole body hairless. Yeah, some of us. I do, I always do. I I got two razors in the uh, tramp stamp. I got two razors in the uh, shower. One's yeah. for just all my crevices, and one's just for my face and head. You got to separate it. Yeah. You know, butt back. Manscaped. You do some crazy reaches in the back. You know, sometimes out of the shower, you just see like I got a bunch of just random hairs. Those don't cut as well though when they get too long. You know. Hard no, to swipe. They're usually, they're, yeah, they're usually w- wispy. Yeah, harder to cut. So, all right. On that note, speaking of manscape, they're supposed to send us a check. I gotta go check the mail. It's been a little while. Oh, I, I read the other day Josh Allen heavily invested in manscape. Oh, I thought you were gonna say that. You, I read they went out of business. I'm like, oh shit, we're never getting our money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nah, checks in the mail. Yeah. Peace line yeah. America. The 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 uh, the the podcast advertising uh they like to pay uh you know six months after the fact. It's it's a grind. It'll luckily it'll... we've been rolling this thing, so it's the you know, last the, the thing we're doing now in six months and last six months ago got paid. So yeah. steady stream. All right, thanks to all of you, by the way. All right, thanks everybody. Thanks for hanging. Talk soon. Adios pelota. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.